0: Hello and welcome into another episode of the Esports Network Podcast in partnership with Reuters. As always, I'm your host, Mitch Dreams, and today we're talking about Senpai.gg. It's an AI coaching platform for people who want to improve their video game skills. To do that, I have two members of their leadership team, both co founders. Burke Ozer, he's the co founder and CTO, and Oljai Yamaskaban, the co founder and CEO. Berk, Oljai, thanks for joining the show. Thanks, Mitch. Thanks for the invitation.
1: Yeah, thanks for having us. And hi, everyone.
0: Excited to talk with them. As many people know, there's a lot of coaching platforms out there. Senpai is unique because, like we said, uses AI to help you identify mistakes in your gameplay and improve it in various ways. So their goal is to enrich esports experiences and accelerate the learning curve within the gaming community by using that cutting-edge AI tech they're currently available for League of Legends, but they're adding more games soon. And they've seen, like so many other gaming companies, a really high uptick in users during COVID-19. Next week, they launch a desktop version of the platform, which will more seamlessly integrate eSports coaching. So first question for you, Oljai: what does that desktop app add to the platform?
2: Yeah. So, uh, so far, what we did at GG is a post-game analysis. So what you do is, after you play your game, you come to the platform, and in a sense, we create your digital replica. We understand your weaknesses, strengths, and your interests, and you can find the related uh, learning content in the platform. With the desktop app, what we're going to do is we will release some pre-game features. So when you uh, go, to the, go to play a league or any other games, you will get instant, instant recommendations regarding how you can improve your gameplay.
0: It's quite interesting as we look at how AI impacts the ways we do so many different things and then there's the coaching aspect of it. What does an AI coach bring that's so unique to the esports and the video game coaching world, Berg?
1: Sure, Uh, we have two different unique technologies in terms of AI. One technology is using AI to detect the weaknesses or interests of competitive players. Uh, we get their in-game data, detect the weaknesses, and based on our model that is trained millions and millions of games, uh, we detect the areas that should improve so that they can win the matches. Uh, and the other uh, unique technology is our uh, like uh, computer vision-based uh, highlight generation model. Uh, we watch uh, professional matches, we get their video data, and out of that, we create some highlights of very important moments, such as a very tricky example of ganking, a very good example of uh, team fight, etc. So on Senpai, uh, we combine such two technologies and uh, provide the recommendations, as well as we also show how to apply them in these uh, videos from professional matches.
0: Definitely, what are some of the unique benefits that come from using an AI for coaching versus possibly hiring? You know, there's a few of those coaching websites, Gamer Sensei, Gamers Ready, that allow you to hire human coaches. What does an AI bring that maybe a human coach might not be able to replicate? I can imagine the machine learning aspect, the ability to comb through millions upon millions of games at once is all very beneficial. But on a you know direct to consumer level, What what is this providing that a human coach might not be able to replicate? Oldroyd, do you want to take that one? So
2: actually, if we go back uh, to the time when we introduced the first AI in the gaming ecosystem, I remember this uh, amazing moment that OpenAI introduced the AI bots against the human players, right? So uh, it it was a great moment. And uh, as a company, we have a different uh, version and perspective. So instead of competing with AI we think AI can enhance your performance and capabilities. So if we look at the capabilities of an AI, it's very good at performing billions of calculations, right? It's very good uh, on computing and it interprets structured data very well. And um, regarding the human, like we are interpreting the unstructured data and we have the emotional uh, part. But... uh, how we are better than the human coaches is a tricky question. So in a sense, uh, we are better because we analyze millions and millions of games and we understand what it takes to win a game. And as humans, we have uh, like limited time and resources, right? We are not able to play the games day and night all the time to get better and better. But AI can do it. And what AI can do it is it also utilize the other game's data, not only your own data, but the other's uh, performance and the, the, the game data as well. So in a sense, uh, AI is very good at uh, supporting us to get better. Um, but the human coaches can be very beneficial regarding the emotional side, because AI is not, uh, at the current level, AI is not able to... Um, compete against uh, some emotional or unstructured kind of data problems.
1: As Olcay mentioned, scalability is number one issue where we outperform human uh, esports consultants. And there is also another one in terms of the bias. So uh, whenever we make a decision, even though we think that we are very objective, uh, if you consider uh, in a deep level, we kind of still subjective. So we can have some preferences, we can have some uh, like ideas, and it is very difficult to provide very, very objective recommendations. And by utilizing AI technologies, when we use it in a proper way, uh, we can actually eliminate this bias from our recommendations. And in terms of like recommendations on Senpai, we really focus on winning a game and not focusing on our, like, preferences, favorite heroes, champions, et cetera. So we provide accurate, no biased recommendations.
0: Yeah, that bias aspect was what I was going to follow up on. Just because somebody's really good at a game does not necessarily mean that what they do at every moment is correct. Maybe they have a play style that works for them, but the person they're coaching has a different play style, a different set of strengths and skills that actually make it more beneficial for them to do something else in that given situation. AI removes that human aspect, because even if you're the best at a game, we know that we can't be the very, very best at anything, and the coaches aren't generally the absolute pinnacle of the game. So there is that room for bias and objectivity to creep into coaching in ways that could actually be detrimental to a player.
1: Exactly. Yeah, that's the point that I made. But in, in, in this uh, like topic, it's very important to emphasize the fun part of the game. So like if you work like a robot and all your primary goal is winning the game, then AI can help you a lot. But if you would like to uh, win a game while having more entertainment, maybe a human coach can provide more, uh, like mo- better recommendations because as you mentioned there is always this human aspect uh, in the recommendations.
0: Are we supposed to be having fun when we play competitive video games? Cuz that's not the emotion I usually end up getting out of those experiences. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it should be. <laughs> it should be.
0: Theoretically, theoretically it would be. If I if I'm going for fun or for entertainment or for relaxation, I'm always in the casual aspect. I just I get too competitive. The second I get into a ranked lobby, uh, I either need need to win, I get harsh on my mistakes. So I feel like that coaching platform might be a good way of getting out of your own head and allowing somebody else to analyze your mistakes throughout a game and not be worried about, oh, constantly, am I doing this right? Did I do this right? Should I be using this right now? It allows you to focus more on the game at hand. And then after the game, go back, look at it, and analyze it. It's something that you know, I think a lot of pros and streamers recommend players do is watch your old gameplay back. But I don't think many people actually do it. So I feel like Senpai could give them that platform that allows them to actually check out what happened and gives them an objective look at, okay, yeah, you didn't do this very well, but you did this pretty well, which is a nice resource to have.
2: Yes, exactly. So uh, as human beings, we love to be competitive, right? Uh, we, we always want to get better and uh, in a sense, Sempai Gigi addressed this problem very well. And regarding the the previous uh, questions question that you mentioned, so uh, like the we are not able to reach the correct human uh, coach in any time that we want, right? So what AI uh, is capable uh, to do is at any time you are able to get this knowledge in a very easy way on your computer on your mobile device, but uh, As I said, not everybody has the uh, opportunity to find the right person to get the advice. So AI can create this uh, opportunity for all of us.
1: And another object is giving some harsh feedback. So like if you are a consultant and if you are hired by someone else, uh, even though you have some very bad observations uh, about your client, you still keep them yourself, right? You, you couldn't like you don't say in a very harsh way. You try to maybe decrease the harshness in your feedback. But mm-hmm. using AI, we can create uh, a really unbiased and very direct uh, feedback mechanism. So we can provide lots of F's uh, uh, to the to the to our customers. But it is, uh, I mean. Such apps, maybe uh, our customers feel bad at the very beginning, but if they, if they work on it, uh, they will improve. That's how they will win the next game.
2: I think we can also focus on the user experience as well. Like uh, We are talking about increasing the performance, getting the coaching, but actually what is the real value for the gamer who has this gaming experience is on our platform, we provide the personalized content, right? So, right now, you need to find the related content on yourself on different platforms like Twitch, YouTube, or other platforms. And they do not utilize your in game data because they don't know anything about your game capabilities. So, at Senpai GG, or uh, our capabilities with AI, is we understand you very well and we provide you the best content that you need. So, in terms of the gamer and the player, and um, when they play the game, Uh, They can go watch some content, consume this content and immediately go back uh, to play games and apply what they learned. So we are kind of shorting this uh, distance between their uh, gaming and consuming the content, finding the related and the best content for them.
0: Definitely. And yeah, it gets back to that play style aspect of if you're, let's take, so you're in League of Legends, you want to have the champions or the the players that use those champions that you like to use, they play in similar ways to you even. There's a big difference in how people play a game and watching the most aggressive player when you be, you may be a more cautious player is could be detrimental to you as you like, oh, I should go try and do that. When in reality, your play style may match a different pro more closely. and AI can comb through all the different people and figure out, okay, here's a player who's very successful and also has a similar play style to you, which is going to be more natural can't just shift your entire way you play a game on a whim like that and so that does feel like it adds another layer to the ability of getting coaching as you talk about expanding to other titles it's a very interesting problem from a not necessarily a problem but a uh, undertaking from a tech standpoint there are so many different characteristics that come with different esports and you start with league of legends which has one of the most inputs of any major esport along with the other MOBAs, what are the added difficulties of changing into other games and creating an AI that does coaching for Fortnite or for Warzone or for Rocket League? Burke, I'll I'll throw this to you as you're the CTO. What are some of the different technical challenges in expanding to other game titles? Sure,
1: uh, like if you would like to provide similar services in the same genre of games, for example, in the case of Dota 2, uh, it is res- it is an easy uh, transition for us because uh, most of features, most of ideas, most of pages are very similar in those games. But whenever you would like to extend your functionality for other genres, uh, you need to uh, work from almost stretch. So, uh, but right now, what we do is we don't only work in uh, League of Legends or Dota 2. Uh, simultaneously, we also work on other genres as well. And we are like, uh, developing our first prototypes for them. And in upcoming months, uh, we will deploy our uh, products. Uh, but as you mentioned, the tricky part is uh, here. Uh, like whenever you change your genre... Uh, you need to change your AI technology because they are very special. So you need to customize them for each genre, type of like each genre of game.
0: Right. I can imagine that there's a lot of differences that go into a battle royale versus a MOBA, and I'm curious how you how that changes from the back end perspective, the way you approach the game, or does it not change that much? And are there some characteristics that can be applied to every single game title because they're common to gaming as a whole?
1: Uh, actually like all games, uh, have one common point and it is winning. So whenever <laughs> we do, yeah, whenever we do like, we try to optimize the winning probability. Uh, but if you go details, how you would win a game, uh, has very different perspectives in, uh, different genres. So we have some special teams, uh, working on such genres and they try to find out how we can approach such problems in terms of both technical and business perspective so that we can create the best uh, experience for our customers.
2: So in a sense, you can think uh, like this, Mitch. Uh, So we read the game in any point of time, and we understand what is the win probability. And each specific game, what we do is what will be the best set of action that you can take to increase your win probability. Of course, there are like the features change, the game data changes, but we have a team of gamers uh, uh, and the players who are very good at these games, and we have the AI engineers. So we come together and uh, uh, try to solve this problem all together for each specific game.
0: Interesting. So there is that human aspect too of AI. How much does a hu- uh, does the the players of the game and the people that you have inputting to the AI impact? what it ends up delivering? Or is it just sort of, okay, we're gonna give the AI the bones and then after that, the AI will build out everything else that, that goes into this by doing you know all those crazy things that AI can end up doing?
1: Uh, actually, we try to decrease their impact on our AI technology. And right now they don't provide any input for our AI. Uh, but rather, we use uh, human esports consultants or experienced players uh, to uh, to detect the, or to to to, to uh, determine the use cases of how we can help players so that they can get better. So, for example, they work on the dimensions in the game such as farming, team fights, ganking, survivability, objectives. Uh, and we, we we provide recommendations in different in these uh, dimensions. so they somehow create the content and AI manages this content.
2: yeah actually it comes to the point that I first mentioned the structured and unstructured data. So as we humans we are very good at uh, structuring the data right We understand what are the dynamics of the game but uh, we do not uh, uh, provide an input to our AI models. Uh, um, instead, we try to have a very good model which which can understand the game and uh, provides a useful feedback for the gamers.
0: Certainly. It's incredibly interesting to me as you look at AI's impact on video games. And we're going to get into some of the broader applications of AI across esports and gaming. There's a lot of companies doing some unique things. No, no AI coaching, as far as I've heard. This was the first company that I came across who was doing AI coaching. Uh, before we get into some of those broader aspects, I have an interesting question that's uh, very pertinent to gaming right now. Surprisingly, chess is having a huge moment in the gaming world with major streamers playing a lot of the King's game, the, the classic strategy game. And it's rising up on Twitch charts, hours watch are going through the roof. And chess very famously has a computer-dominated aspect where computers just win. They can do more than a human player and there's no way for a human player to beat a computer because they can play perfectly. Are we at that point in esports yet where computers can just take over and will basically win any game if given the right tools? Or do we still have a ways to go before while well, top human players can, can keep winning?
2: So uh, I believe we still have some time to achieve that uh, goal uh, like in the chess uh, because chess is uh, uh, um, comparably very easy uh, to the current video games uh, uh, in terms of the dynamics right uh, but it's a milestone for all of us if you see the face of the Gasparo when he lost the game uh, so it's, it's a huge moment right before that nobody was uh, expecting a computer or AI uh, to compete with the top top players so uh, in a sense ai is capable of learning very very fast because of this billions of calculations that they can they can do and uh, we are getting very very good at uh, uh, providing um, the better uh, uh, techniques uh, ai techniques and technologies but we still have some time and uh, regarding the um, understanding these complex games first and uh, regarding the technologies that we, we utilize.
1: Yeah, and I can add something on this topic. Uh, I think it's a very philosophical question. Uh, so if you if you give the same resources in terms of the number of matches or the similar amount of time, I think human beings can still learn faster than AI. For example, like, uh, consider a very new game that is not known by AI or a human player, and you just show some videos, maybe 10 or uh, 100 videos, and you just expect them to learn the game based on the videos, then they play against each other. I think in that case, uh, human players would win uh, because uh, like 10 matches or 100 matches are not uh, sufficient for AI to learn the game dynamics. But if you make these numbers like 1 million, which is impossible by uh, like by a human being to watch, but let's assume that uh, he still watched, uh, even in this case, uh, an AI would win. So AI is capable of... Uh, providing very good uh, recommendations when the data is huge. So this is why we talk about big data. And, uh, but in upcoming uh, years, uh, researchers work on some mechanisms that would make AI to learn faster. In that case, maybe at some point uh, AI can still outperform uh, even though the data is very limited.
0: It's incredibly interesting thinking about how AI learns and then how it competes against human with chess being the most notable example. Ultimately, what it's doing is taking all of the human knowledge, all the different ways that humans have played chess and combining that and perfecting it, taking out those human imperfections that we talked about on top, the biases, the uh, the missed opportunities that come with being human but it requires having that massive wealth of knowledge from all the humans that have played different chess strategies in the past. So it's like almost a combination of human knowledge that just expands upon itself. I love AI. It's such an interesting phenomenon and it's going to have so many impacts across the world. Yeah, following
2: up that, uh, actually it doesn't uh, require all this data. So AI is capable of playing against itself and generating all this data for itself. So it's, it's, it's another milestone for AI as well. So you can leave it and uh, come back after uh, several months and it's able to learn that game specific game.
0: How do meta changes affect the AI and the way it has all this depth of knowledge and then a champion's buff, a champion's nerfed. Maybe there's a whole shift in, uh, take Overwatch for example, as they put restrictions on what characters could play from a technical perspective, Burke, how are you making sure that the AI evolves along with the game and it's not delivering outdated strategies that don't fit whatever the new meta is? Uh,
1: that's a great question actually, uh, like this meta changes, what makes AI better than human coaches? Uh, so uh, whenever the data changes, uh, we can easily customize our technology uh, to 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 reflect such changes in the meta. Uh, and how we do that is, uh, we have some parameters for each, uh, like, champions or uh, some, each event in the game. And we kinda estimate them again, uh, whenever the meta changes. And we use AI to do that. And we also deploy some very, uh, technical, uh, like, some techniques, such as, uh, transfer learning So whenever the meta changes, we are still able to keep our previous data. So we we trained our AI, uh, maybe using millions and millions games, but whenever the meta changes, uh, we just get the data, maybe a thousand or like a a hundred thousand, and we update based on that. So it it also reflects the changes in the meta.
0: That's quite interesting to me and just how it and it makes sense that the AI would be able to better take away biases that somebody may have learned through 6 months of a previous meta. The AI changes, they don't care that the the meta is different. They don't have an attachment to a certain champion or anything like that. They're like, "Okay, this is this is what the most optimal strategy is now. Go do this." So it's interesting in games that have constant flux, AI could be be even more impactful. And on the flip side, games that don't change at all, AI can dominate in. Look at chess. Chess doesn't really have meta changes. It's the same game that's always existed. It's just got complex strategy based on strategy based on strategy. Uh, Games like Rocket League, for example, have bots that move so much quicker and more precise than uh, humans could ever do because it's a self-contained game that's had zero meta changes over five years and you can just, oh, there's the ball. I'm a car, I have to position the car in the exact way to hit the ball with the most power in ways that humans could never replicate. So it's interesting on both sides of the scale. Games that change a lot, AI can adapt quickly. And games that don't change at all, AI's wealth of knowledge can eventually outpace humans.
2: Yes, exactly. I think it's the same for the human as well humans as well. So what what happens is uh so game publishers are trying to mitigate uh uh, the problems that happens in that matter, right? Or try to try to create more exciting moments with different uh, champions, and um, that is uh, good uh, to keep the game dynamic. But I think uh, as we are humans uh, as well, we learn very fast and adopt the given rules. But as you said, AI is dominating very fast if the rules are same, and um, yeah, it's a, it's a good way to uh, avoid that as well.
0: Certainly, I want to be conscious of both your times and I want to get to some of the AI applications on a wider scale. But to do that, uh, you're both co founders of this company, you clearly saw an opportunity here. And you definitely had AI experience in the past. So starting with you, Oljai, and then going over to Berg, what made you guys feel like this was a great way of utilizing AI technology? And what's your previous experience using AI tech that led you to founding this company? yes of course Uh, i have
2: engineering background and uh, when i uh, first deal with the ai challenges in my life is in my master studies uh, i uh, wrote my thesis at mit on the ai applications on smart grids it was a a totally different topic uh, but uh, at that time i was super super excited about uh, the potentials of the ai And uh, after that, I worked in a venture capital fund. And uh, in there, we invest in um, some deep tech uh, uh, startups and uh, the deep technologies, enabling technologies like AI. And it was amazing to see all these companies creating the impact in all um, diverse set of industries uh, using the AI. And the most important part of the AI is, I believe it's enabled us uh, to reach the the information that, that we require in a very easy way. So it democratize uh, the industry. So you can see in this uh, B2B companies right now, but uh, I was very motivated uh, to see the AI impact in a B2C application in our daily life. Right. So um, uh, the idea came in a moment uh, when I was practicing Aikido, actually uh, there is a person called Senpai. Uh, it's like a, a mentor or teaching assistant in this martial arts. So it was the idea that AI is able to provide us very good feedback and uh, uh, it helped us to increase our performance in the video games. So we are both playing the video games and we discussed it with the Berk and actually the idea came up in that moment. And we have a very long friendship with the Berk. We started in the same university. I think we had uh, more than uh, 11 or 12 years of uh, friendship.
1: Yeah, we don't count anymore. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's awesome. B- before I turn it over to you, Berk, I want to give one compliment on the name. Great name, Senpai. It's a coaching platform, it's got AI in there. The AI is capitalized when you look at the uh, site titles. So just while you mentioned that, great name, worked really well.
1: Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, and my career consists of two parts. Uh, in the first part, I was an R&D engineer working on AI, AI technologies. Uh, I have my Master of Thesis uh, using AI and some industrial experience in uh, like European institutions. Uh, after that, I switched my career into management consultancy, but my focus was still on AI. So I was involved in digital transformation projects. And if you talk about digital transformation, the center is always AI. You need to use AI to create a very good uh, digital uh, experience for your customers. Uh, and one of my responsibilities was to analyze the impact of AI in different technologies. And my observation was uh, like the, 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 the transformation of AI in the jobs that require some low skills of cognitive power uh, it's done so like you can you can easily transform uh, blue colors with AI and I think it's done uh, in this decade uh, from now on we will be focusing on how AI can be adapted in jobs that require some cognitive powers how AI can complement or replace uh, white colors. and our uh, like a vision uh, with AI was to complement uh, some consultants in different industries, uh, such as e-sports, fashion, or other ones as well, uh, and create a like seamless experience for our customers. And on Senpai, uh, since we are also a very good uh, video player with all Olja, we always want to do something involving AI and video games, which is our passion. And it's how we, we formed Senpai.GG.
0: It's incredibly interesting. As you look at the the founding of the company, I've heard good things about that MIT school. It's uh, it's done some interesting tech. And in a lot of the amazing companies uh, that have shaped the world over the last 20, 30 years had, could trace their origins back to the halls of MIT, the Massachusetts Massachusetts Institute of Technology, for people who aren't familiar with the school. I feel like everybody just knows it as MIT. Does anybody ever call it the Massachusetts Institute of Technology anymore? I don't think so. (laughs) It felt so weird trying to say it. Yeah, Yeah, I never heard about that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, in Uh, in reference reference letters or uh, the literature, you can see.
0: You can see it. It's got a couple times there. Yeah, it's so synonymous yeah. with tech at this point. It's MIT. Uh, so I want to expand out a little bit. As you guys are experts in AI in these various aspects, these roles over your career, what are some of the other ways that you're seeing AI used in the esports and gaming space that is interesting to you? We recently had an esports network partnered with, a company called Sizzle, which is using AI to capture highlights from League of Legends and Fortnite basically using AI to comb through 10-hour streams and highlight moments where streamers are excited, chat goes crazy, different aspects like that, and then clip those highlights and create a sports center esque style. I thought that was a really interesting use of AI that I wouldn't have thought about. Uh, Again, starting with you, Oljai, and then moving over to Burke, can you highlight any other companies, any other cool uses of AI you've seen, either in the esports and gaming world, in the streaming world, or other just emerging uses of AI? Yeah, it's a very good question, Mitch. Uh, so I think we
2: need to go a uh, high-level uh, uh, map to see what's going on in the esports uh, ecosystem and how AI can create the value. So in a sense, there are the game developers, publishers, and there are leagues and tournaments, and there are sponsors, right, who sponsor these tournaments, and we're broad- broadcasting all these games, and uh, definitely there are the gamers and the players, so we'll who are uh, playing those video games. And uh, we see betting companies uh, in this ecosystem as well who who, who plays the bats. And uh, if you look at the AI, yeah, so we have a lot of different applications. For example, one of them is uh, scouting, right? Before it was very um, hard to understand who is good, who is bad in some specific games. You don't have all the data, Uh, regarding their previous games, regarding their performance. And uh, right now, we are very good at uh, understanding uh, the performance of an individual player uh, in a specific game with the AI. And uh, we also understand, as you mentioned, the engaging moments uh, in the games, right, in the video games, which part most of the players are engaged in the chats or... uh, which party consume the content uh, very much, so we can understand this. And I think it's a very good opportunity to utilize it in the game development, right? So what will be the next popular video game? So we can uh, go and analyze the data to understand what will be the dynamic of this new game. So we can understand and uh, provide the the best uh, team how it should uh, consist of, right? Because we know the individual players' uh, strengths and weaknesses, and we can combine the dream team, dream team in a sense, uh, which will be very uh, good for the increasing the win probability of that specific uh, team. And uh, I think there are some startups uh, already in the sponsorship space. So which brand should, should sponsor, uh, which team, Uh, Is their demographic is fine? Uh, Is it like a valuable investment for that brand to sponsor those teams or the events so we can analyze it with the AI? And uh, I think there are a bunch of potential improvement areas uh, to optimize all these relations uh, of these companies uh, in the esports ecosystem.
0: The sponsorship aspect is something that's really interesting to me. I do a lot of work for Adweek, Esports Insider, in addition to Esports Network. And the, the return on a sponsorship investment, especially with so many brands expanding to gaming for the first time, feels like it could really provide that uh, floor and that reassurance that brands are looking for as they direct sponsorship dollars somewhere where you could be like, yeah, okay, this is the right place to do it. And here's... The the generative value you could potentially expect based on, you know, here's ten thousand other sponsorship activations and the value they generated. Be be an interesting application of it. Burke, anything that stood out to you recently?
1: Uh, sure, I think in uh, esports, what we will see uh, some AI applications is actually uh, some uh, ways that mimic traditional sports. So in traditional sports, you see lots of analytics, team analytics to improve the performance of players. Uh, You see lots of scouting, uh, and you see lots of ways to enhance the broadcasting as well. Uh, So I I anticipate uh, in the near future, we see more AI applications in uh, broadcastings. Uh, For example, some predictions during the game some very advanced statistics that would make the broadcasting experience interesting uh so like as i said uh team analytics and some ways to improve uh broadcasting would be very popular in upcoming years
0: absolutely well i think that's a great place to wrap as we look at the general gaming industry and the cool trends can you plug so you mentioned that New games are coming soon. Uh, feel free to, to announce which games you're coming to just to, in case some of our listeners are interested in those titles specifically. And then also this desktop app, when you think that's going to come out and where people could check that out?
2: Yes, definitely. So uh, good news. Wallarant is coming in, uh, in the upcoming uh, months uh, for Senpai GG. And uh, we also plan to release Dota 2 in a couple of months. Uh, But as uh, we mentioned at the beginning, we are also working on Fortnite and all other popular games uh, with our technical teams uh, to provide the same solution for the league as well. And uh, for the desktop app, uh, hopefully in a couple of weeks, uh, I guess in two weeks, we will release our desktop app. And uh, it was one of the features that our... uh, uh, the people on our platform demand it so much because they see the great value on the post game. Like after the game, they see all these great recommendations and the content, but they would like to utilize this uh, same technology uh, before the game as well. So hopefully in a couple of weeks, uh, we will release the desktop app as well.
0: Awesome. I'm certainly looking forward to that and I'll be sure to uh, update this podcast when that comes out. Right now you can learn more you can check out their browser-based website right underneath this podcast by clicking that link checking out their coaching and then if you're listening to this in a few weeks after that desktop app is launched I'll put a link down below this show where you can check that one out as well I'll probably repush down social media. So if you're listening to this 3 weeks later when they have a desktop app welcome to the show. Thank you guys for joining. It was great talking to you. I love talking AI. I love talking tech and gaming. It's, you know, one of my passion points. So, Burke Oljai, you know, thanks for joining the show. I appreciate you coming on. Thanks for having us, Mitch. It was great to talk with you.
1: Thank you very much for this opportunity.
0: I'm glad you enjoyed it. To our listeners, we have some other great shows this week. Just today, recording this on Wednesday the 17th, published a show on eSports Healthcare, in case you're wondering about some of the classic gaming ailments and the ways doctors are addressing that. And then later, Coming up, we've got Blaine Gaboyas talking about eSports betting and the rise of eSports in Las Vegas. So be on the lookout for that one. Hope you enjoyed this episode. I had a blast. Hope you did too.